Welcome back, everybody, to the Liberty on Fire podcast, where we discuss hot topics in the news and on social media. So, Joey, we've got a couple of important topics to talk about tonight, and one of them's a little bit old. It's a, probably about maybe a month or month and a half old by now, but I think since this comes up like every election cycle, it, it probably really doesn't matter when we talk about it. The abortion? Yeah, it's never old we got to come out and just talk about abortion, and it doesn't really matter, I guess, what our points of view on uh, abortion are, maybe for the audience, because everybody's going to have their own opinion. They might have really strong opinions, or they might not. But we can at least go through, you know, what was going on in New York and Virginia in the past couple of months and kind of bring that to light. What do you think? And I'd like to hear your opinion. I don't know what your opinion is exactly. In general, I think most of these issues that come up that are so, I guess, politically toxic should be left to the states. That's kind of the way that, or not kind of, that is the way the Constitution was designed, was that each state was basically allowed to do their own thing, and there were only certain enumerated powers in the Constitution that uh, the federal government had kind of purview over. And anything left out of the, those enumerated powers granted to the general government was left to the states. That's the way it was supposed to be. Otherwise, if you think about it, the states would have never ratified the Constitution in the first place. And some states barely passed the Constitution or, or barely ratified it. Uh, I think in New York, it was by like a three-vote margin, you know, whether they were going to join the union or not and ratify the Constitution. Yeah, it, I mean, obviously now the Constitution has been trampled over for about 200 years, and everybody just assumes that whatever the Supreme Court says is the law of the land, and that's it. It's not the way it was designed. The Supreme Court was set up to hear, I guess, issues about what the general government was doing, not the state governments. So when you have this abortion issue, which goes back probably way before Roe v. Wade, but that's the most famous case in, in our, I guess, recent history. Uh, Roe v. Wade was in, the, uh, I think, 1970. It was a Texas case about abortion, which then eventually got appealed to the Supreme Court. So really what should have happened was the Supreme Court should have said, hey, this is a state's issue and we're not going to hear the case and kicked it back down to the states. And then whatever the highest court in the state of Texas that heard the case, that, was, that should have been the ruling. But that's not what happened. And now you can see just if, if you look throughout our young country's history, about 200 or so years, there's so many cases that went to the Supreme Court that shouldn't have. It really should have been states' issues. And that's kind of what the framers had in mind. They wanted each state to be its own little, I don't know if you would call it like a template for trying to do things and then each state could make mistakes and then one state could look at what the other state was doing and kind of learn you know from their mistakes and see what they were doing right and then maybe adopt some of those things it really wasn't supposed to this be uh, one system for all yeah that's how i'm pretty much seeing uh, that's how i feel about a lot of things nowadays like it should be decided by the state and not just federal government declaring it law on all 50 states uh, for all of us and deciding our way of life really you know should be should be state decision and then you can sort of go to whatever state that you feel um is closer to your values yeah i mean people do that all the time for tax reasons right you got 
people leaving California and New York State and Illinois in like droves, and they're moving to Florida, they're moving to Texas and Nevada, they're, they're going from high-tax states to either low or no-tax states, and that seems normal. That, that's like a, it makes like financial sense to do something like that. But then when it comes to your rights uh, and, you know, kind of governing things that are going on in your state, all of a sudden, the, you know, the federal or general government are supposed to tell everybody what to do, and that's the law of the land. Those two things don't add up. It doesn't make sense to me. So let's get into, I guess, we'll talk about New York first. This law is already passed. I think it was end of January. So now this is what New York State is doing. And I guess there were three parts of the law that we can talk about. So number one was that this new abortion law, it, it allows for late-term abortion. And so what they called late-term abortion was after 24 weeks. And if you think about you know, the gestation age for a, a pregnancy, it's about 39 weeks. So every... 13 weeks is a trimester. So you're talking mainly third trimester abortions here. So it says late-term abortion is okay if the health of the mother is threatened or the fetus is not viable. Now previously, late-term abortions only had, uh, or only had been legal in New York if the life of the mother was at risk. Yes, and I think everyone was okay, probably okay with that. I mean, more morally wise, I, I don't know your opinion totally, but I would uh, say that I would an abortion seems okay if the mother's life is at risk, obviously, right? Yeah, I think everybody's comfortable making, you know, some exceptions. Everybody likes to use the rape and incest exception, which is like 0.01 or 0.01% of cases. It hardly ever happens, but fine, keep that as an exception. Or if there's like a horrible birth defect and the baby's not going to survive anyway, then that, yeah, that makes sense, right? And then if it, yeah, if the, if the life of the mother is at risk, like most people are willing to make that exception. And that's also extremely rare. That hardly ever comes up. Uh, and, you know, speaking as a doctor, it's like, yeah, that, that hardly ever comes up. I know a lot of OBGYN docs that practice, and that's extremely rare where they need to abort the baby in order to save the mother's life. Yeah, so basically, abortions in the in the third trimester were legal under certain circumstances that generally would never really come up. Therefore, it's illegal to pretty much have an abortion in the third trimester. But the new but the new law is changed the wording right to say whether your life is endangered or your health is at risk, and that just opens up the door to pretty much you know possibly anything if you if you just because the health was so broad of a, of a term it could be mental health uh, which is i think in there uh, you know you just you could say you're you're gonna go through tons of depression and you know blah 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 blah. Um, just the right doctor and hopefully there wouldn't be many of them but the right doctor could just sign off and all of a sudden abortion is legal at uh in the third trimester yeah and a lot of pro-life critics have come out and said that, you know, basically abortion could be authorized right up until the moment of birth uh, if this health exception uh, is broadly interpreted. And, and that's the risk because, you know, they issued no guidance on it. Nobody knows what that means. The, um, there's no guidelines to like, well, okay, what does the health of the, you know, of the mother at risk mean? They're going to leave that up probably for courts to fight out 
with doctors, with hospitals. This is this law is going to lead to more battles. It's not going to resolve anything. And who knows what they think could mean health of the mother, you know, their economic status. Do they have a job? Is it going to, if, do they have four kids already and a fifth kid would make them look really bad? I mean, who knows? You know, any, any sort of reason I think people can possibly justify for an abortion in the late trimester. Depression is a, is a mental health problem. I mean, and everyone's diagnosed with depression nowadays and, and ends up getting some sort of medicine and pills prescribed for it. So, I mean, what's the difference? I mean, yeah, you, it would be, it could be, it's very vague and it could be very easy to, for someone to just give you the okay and say, yeah, their mental health is in jeopardy. So they're okay to have this abortion. Okay. So there are two more problems and this, this one I have a particular issue with. It also expanded the list of healthcare professionals who can perform abortions. So it used to be just physicians, but now it's going to allow, it says highly trained nurse practitioners, uh, licensed midwives, and physician assistants. So I don't have an issue in general with allied health professionals. However, an abortion is essentially a surgical procedure. And I, I don't really want to get too gruesome, but you're using kind of what looks like medieval torture instruments to kind of dismantle the baby inside the womb and rip it out piece by piece. One of the major risks of an abortion is hemorrhage, so bleeding uncontrollably. And if you got a patient that's bleeding and they can't stop the bleeding just by kind of like maybe packing the area, you really got to open the patient up and go right to go right to surgery. So I would not be in favor of opening up the possibility for uh, non-physicians or, you know, someone not trained in surgery to perform an abortion. No, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, it just seems like all they're trying to do is say, we, we're expanding the, the, um, the reasons that you can have an abortion legally in the late terms uh, to a, a super wide variety, and we're going to aid you in, in finding someone that's willing to do it by expanding the, the people who are allowed to do it. So it just seems like fishy. It's like, why would that even be in there other than to just increase your chances at being able to find someone to carry out the abortion? Yeah, this is a quite a big change from the Bill Clinton era of abortion, where he wanted it to be safe, legal, and rare. Because now it seems like the, the Democratic platform for abortion is anytime, anywhere. That's just the Democratic platform for life in general nowadays. It's not like the, people make bad choices and they're supposed to realize, holy crap, that was a bad decision and um, let me make sure it never happens again because here are the repercussions. It should have a lot of weight, but it's like the Democrat Party doesn't want to acknowledge that a bad choice is even a thing. It's just choices. There's no bad choice. This was your choice. And, uh, you know, whether it be you, you, you know, needing welfare or anything. I mean, I remember back in, like, I don't remember back in the 1940s. Maybe you do. But I was watching a, a movie called Cinderella Man with Russell Crowe, and he's a boxer during the Great Depression. And um, he had to take out welfare, and it was like a giant shame to him that, that he couldn't provide for his family, and he, he made some wrong choices, and he had to take on welfare. He felt so bad that he ends up paying it back to the government, and that was a thing that many people did, and many people actually paid it back. So all my point is is that 
it used to be in this country that you had personal responsibility and if you messed up and made wrong choices, you felt the weight of that. And I just feel like the Democrat Party doesn't want to say there are bad choices. Uh, any choices is yours, and it's our job, being them, that um, if you feel any sort of negative effect from it, um, that the government's here to help you feel better and ends up subsidizing poor choices, in my opinion, most of the time. It's kind of a, kind of a rant, but I don't know. Actually, I, th I think it's kind of worse than that. Uh, the progressives, instead of not letting people, I guess in general, take personal responsibility for things, they actually want to blame other people for their problems and for their choices. And so it it's different to be like, okay, uh, maybe I, I screwed up, but it's not my fault. And it's a whole uh, swing to the other side of like, actually, it's that guy's fault over there. So not only is it not my fault, I'm looking across the aisle at that Republican and I, or that rich guy, and I can blame them for all of my issues. And it's part of this swing of, I guess, getting away from personal responsibility as a value to blaming other people for your problems or your issues or your lot in life that has really helped divide the country. Yeah, and if not blaming someone directly, they'll say something like, look, um, the government can, can take care of you you know, during these hard times. And uh, we, how do we pay for it? Well, look at this guy, you know, Jeff Bezos is making $120 billion. That's, you know, super selfish. And he, uh, he really should pay his fair share. And his taxes should be increased to 70%. You know, um, what's what he's not going to be able to buy five yachts. Uh, that's unfair. You know, that kind of thing Their Their answer is um, to take money from from really rich people and vilify them as being selfish and, you know, because of capitalism is selfish and only cares about profit. So, so they, they either directly blame someone or they vilify someone and try and say, Hey, don't feel bad. Um, we'll take money from them and give it to you. That's the way it should be. Yeah. We definitely got off on a tangent there. Uh, I, I agree with what you're saying. And, you know, for me, you know, uh, as a libertarian taxation is theft. It always will be, and we could talk about that in another podcast, but you're not going to believe this. I actually have another problem with this New York law. It, it actually removes abortion from the criminal code and places it in the kind of realm of public health law. And so the problem with that is, let's say your wife or girlfriend is pregnant, and pick a number, 30 weeks, 38 weeks, and you beat the hell out of her. The baby dies in utero or maybe during some sort of like emergency delivery due to the beating. The state can't prosecute you or the guy, or the guy who beat her up for murder for the, of the baby. It, they, you can just prosecute that, uh, that person for assault or domestic abuse. All right, Joey. So previously, some woman was about to give birth or like, like say a week away and you beat her up and the baby died. You could prosecute that guy for murder, but now you can't. Yeah, that is that is an interesting thing. I guess it's it was technically possible before that a guy may want to abort forcefully abort the baby in his you know whoever partner, and could beat the purse the woman up and essentially kill the baby, which would be the same thing as murdering you know a human. 
And now they could technically, if someone was so malicious and evil, they can technically get away with something like that. Would that be the case? That's what it seems like. Uh, if they want to move the law from you know, the criminal code over to public health law or public health policy, it doesn't seem like the prosecutor can, uh, under the state of New York, uh, prosecute that in the same way anymore. Yeah, I don't understand why they would make that law. You know, what, what's the benefit? Are they afraid that some people are beating up their girlfriend and accidentally causing an abortion and they don't want to prosecute them for murder? There's, there's probably twofold issues here. One being that they don't want, I guess, doctors or health professionals worried about performing late-term abortions because in the past, uh, I think the physician as well as the patient could possibly get in trouble for a late-term abortion. And two, it kind of just speaks to the value in general they place on a fetus. Do they consider it a life or not? And if you're going to take, you know, if you're going to have a late-term abortion anyway, we know how they feel. They don't consider that a life. They consider that, you know, a clump of cells. That's not a real person to them. And if you're going to remove the whole criminal, I guess, prosecuting uh, power, you know, from the, I guess, the DA or, or uh, from the authorities, then, yeah, they don't, they don't consider that a life. Well, that's where the abortion talk always ends up going uh, inevitably, whether you consider it a life or not. And I don't understand how it's an opinion, especially in a, in like a late term stage that it, how, how can it be an opinion and not just like pure science that it's a life form? I mean, even my, this is going to a personal opinion part, but even when I was young, you know, or, or even a little bit now, I had my thoughts on abortion were like, eh, you know, it probably isn't ever a good thing, but I could see, you know, the weight of, uh, you know, a, a, such a crossroad in someone's life that they really, you know, they made a bad decision and um, they feel like they can't really do this at the moment. I sympathize a little bit with that. And I would say, all right, you know, it, I guess I'd be okay if you were to do that, but just make sure you never have the situation come again, you know, safe, legal, rare right back like you said in the 1990s but when it comes to late term like i don't you know care what version of myself i was or how old or how naive or how smart i am or whatever that just is ridiculous like a, a fully developed fetus inside you that's a definitely a life i don't know how it's an opinion i mean do you feel differently the pro abortion people have been using euphemisms to kind of obscure the, the unpleasant truth about having to kill an unborn child. And they use phrases like pro-choice, women's rights, right to choose, reproductive health, reproductive freedom. They never talk, and then they, they mention things like a clump of cells. They, they never talk about it as being a life. I think they're really, uh, they're really trying to avoid you know, the pain of having to say that. So if I get into conversations with people you know, like the pro-choice people, I don't use terms like that. I, I won't use pro-choice or women's rights. I uh, like to talk about the act itself and that it is, in fact, killing another life or killing the fetus. The pro-abortion team doesn't like to use that terminology. They want to distance their minds from the act of removing the baby from the womb, which almost always kills it. And using those terms 
is in my, from my point of view, it's meant to make them feel uncomfortable. I want them to feel uncomfortable because, you know, tough shit. I, I'm, got, I'm not going to play their game. You know, I'll, I'll talk about it in, the, in gruesome details if they want. And why? Because I want them to realize that they're extinguishing a life. You're not getting a mole removed. This isn't an appendectomy. This is killing a baby. Yeah, I think that's kind of how they they equate, they equate it to a mole removal. I mean, yeah, I don't know. The the conversation has gone to such a weird place to me. I, I don't even. It's all about feminism now and and a woman's right to her body. But it's not about your body unless your body was in you know life threatening situation. It's about the life form that's inside you. It's it that's it's about them. It's an actual another. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. It's it's just a crazy topic to me like that there's so much divisiveness over it i mean people are not stupid you understand that if you're performing an adult act sex is an adult act that one of the possible repercussions for performing this adult act is a pregnancy right and you have to Accept the consequences of your actions. This is the goes back to your point about personal responsibility. People want to remove personal responsibility from themselves, and that's really damaging the culture of our country. And it and it has been over the past, let's say, eighty years. And you can look at all the different programs out there that some politicians are claiming are there to help people. But what they're really doing is removing personal responsibility from people. And it's making them either addicted to being on the government dole or uh, it's providing them an easy outlet into like this victimhood mentality that seems to be, I guess, more and more common these days. So, yeah, we're in like a world now where people are having sex like willy nilly, I guess, and not caring about repercussions that might occur like having a child and um there's contraception too i mean it's not hard to buy a pack of condoms that you know i don't really get it and the there's people on the left who think that the government should you know subsidize planned parenthood type of facilities and and provide these abortions for low cost like it's nothing like i said it's just we've gotten rid of the 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 weight of making a bad choice and dealing with it and it being something really negative and affects you to hopefully never make a decision like that or a choice or really step up and improve yourself the next time. There's no more of that. It's just, uh, it's not a bad choice. You just, here, we'll handle it. Planned Parenthood, free, no cost, little, go ahead, do it again next year. You know, I don't like that. Right. Yeah. It's abortion is being used as birth control and it's, it's really sad. Um, just speaking from personal experience, my wife and I uh, kind of went down the adoption road for a while before we actually uh, were able to, to have kids. And there are tons of people out there trying to find children. Adoption is an excellent alternative to an abortion. I, I mean, if you have the baby and give it up for adoption because you're not ready to be a mom, you know, you know, you're too young, or you got too much going on in your life, or whatever the reason is, you could make another couple so happy by giving your baby up for adoption. All right, well, here's the first step. Are you having 
uh, if you are you having a bunch of sex with someone that you're not, you know, a romantically, you know, in love with? That's like number one, and uh, I think a lot of people are, and that's probably the first problem. Um, two, if you're not gonna have, if you're not gonna want a child, and you're gonna have an abortion if it happens, then why aren't you? having some sort of contraception why why is there no condom use and if that does if you are taking those precautions and it accidentally does happen then it should be like a whoa holy crap moment and if you have to get an abortion uh, i still am okay with the safe legal rare type of way um if, if you do then it's a gigantic wake wake up call for you that's what it should be anyway to really think about like i can't believe i did this it's, it should still feel like you know, shameful when it happens. And, um, and then you, you know, hopefully go, I got to make a change in my life. Maybe, you know, not, let, not let this happen again. I just can't believe how it, it isn't at that point. We've gotten to the, the spot where it, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, abortion should not be celebrated. Yeah. That's the other thing. I can't, I didn't even mention that it's celebrated now. The left, the left just throws parties, but the fact that they can, that they've had abortions or, yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. Let's move on to Virginia. In the state of Virginia, they had a similar law being discussed, which actually did not pass. It didn't make it past the committee that were hearing about the, uh, I guess, the provisions in the law. So you have this Democratic delegate, Kathy Tran. Uh, she introduced this bill that would really loosen the existing restrictions on abortion. Uh, in the final three months of pregnancy. So we're talking, you know, third trimester. So currently, third trimester abortions are permitted only if three doctors certify that a woman's health otherwise would be substantially and uh, or irremediably impaired. And that's a kind of hard word to say, irremediably. And that basically means impossible to cure or fix. Mm -hmm. So under trans bill... Only the physician who would perform the abortion, so one doctor, needs to attest that some sort of harm, I guess, exists, and they remove the language substantially and irremediably. They also changed it to the words, if it impairs the mental or physical health of the woman. So, similar to New York, what does this mean? Does any claim of impairment work to justify the abortion? Anxiety, again, depression, you know, the conventional, like, physical challenges of a postpartum recovery. I mean, can you use that as an excuse? You know, like, my, my body's going to be all messed up, and, you know, I don't want my friends to see me like that. Who knows? I don't know what's going to go on through these, in these people's minds and what they can use to justify a late-term abortion. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but that's all these bills are trying to do, and uh, just trying to justify abortion up until the the last second. This is, the, I think Virginia might have had a little more tough laws, like you said. You needed three doctors to review and certify that the the pregnancy, you know, would cause substantial and whatever that word was, irredeemably, ir whatever, irremediably. Yeah, you know, impair their their mental or physical health. You need three to certify that. Now you just need one, and it's it's just uh, if their mental or physical health is threatened, physical health or mental health. So it ends up the same result as the New York one, which is just that abortions can occur up to the last second, even if um, you know, your life's not in danger, but maybe you're uh, not you know mentally feeling it. 
I guess what they are not taking into account, or maybe they do and they don't care, or they have the you know right to choose elevated over the right of the fetus to live, and and that's where I have a problem with it. You know, she got in, she got herself into some more hot water when she actually acknowledged that the legislation would allow a woman who is dilating. So I don't know if you know what that means. That's basically where you can see the baby's head just about to come out. That So the, if the woman's dilating, that she can still request an abortion. And if the doctor determined it was okay, then they could do it. Yeah, that's where all this talk is coming out, like about the Virginia one being so gruesome. Because, yeah, that is pretty crazy. And I think the other guy, who was it, the governor, uh, Northam? That's right. Was trying to talk about it on a radio show, and and he said something like, "Well, no, it, uh, I don't remember exactly what he said. Maybe you do, but I have it." Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So he said uh, on that radio interview, "The infant would be delivered. The infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired, and then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother." So meaning that even if the baby was alive, they could still potentially do what? They could still potentially, uh, is I don't know if the word is abort anymore, but uh, they could still kill the baby. Which is really, really scary. However, there was, there was one good thing in that bill, which, I mean, it, it didn't pass anyway, but there was one good thing in the bill is that, so the law would retain the current born alive protections. So requiring that measures for life support for uh, the product of such abortion or miscarriage shall be available and utilized if there is any clearly visible evidence of viability. So I think the governor just kind of went off on a potentially on a, on a tangent there and got got it wrong because it looks like in the bill there were protections for you know babies born alive. Okay. Yeah, so he might have got it wrong, and but it allowed the Republicans to kind of really key in on the whole late-term abortion issue. But you got you got to wonder what the hell is going through this guy's head. Because, I mean, what was he thinking? You were going to just call some, you know, doctor exterminator or, you know, executioner? I don't, I don't understand what he was possibly thinking. I don't know, but it, it might just show how little these guys value the you know, an actual life form at that stage to the point where this guy thinks it's even okay to uh, execute, you know, the, the the life even right after it was born if the parent didn't want it. Crazy stuff. That's right. Well, uh, there's never, never a dull moment in politics these days, and abortion comes up all the time. Every election cycle, it's a hot topic. Um, every time there's a new... I guess Supreme Court justice changed out. Everybody gets in a kerfuffle about, oh, what are they going to change? Are they going to roll back Roe v. Wade? And what else could they possibly change? Uh, again, I go, I go back to the whole idea that, yeah, it should be a state's rights thing. And although I would be okay with New York or Virginia having their own abortion laws, I'm still you know, against abortion in general because I think it's murder. So I'm not a fan of baby killing. And uh, I'm in the whole pro-life category, which is odd, I guess, because I didn't used to be. I used to be a pro-choicer. And I was in that camp for a long time, 
But guess what changed my mind? What changed your mind? Having kids. Oh, yeah. I think that does it. Yeah, I used to be, like I said, not it's kind of middle ground. Like I, I like the, you know, idea of it being rare and it being something that you really had to do because you messed up that you would feel bad about it. But maybe, you know, you could still do it and hopefully never do it again. But I just don't like where the narrative is going now because of what the progressives want, how it's uh, women's rights and feminism and and celebrated. It's just like getting wacky. So if anything, it just pushes me more and more to full on pro-life. You know, if I never thought maybe, you know, a life is there at two weeks old where it would be morally wrong to abort. But if I had to choose now, I would choose that side for sure. And the other side's getting just ridiculously crazy about it. So I'm I'm de- I'm probably yeah in in full pro life, you know, camp as well now. Yeah, I think the Democratic platform this year uh, or next year, whenever they uh, announce, is going to be for kind of drive-through abortion clinics, kind of like you know going to McDonald's for a drive-through burger. I don't think this is a winning issue for them. I mean, I. You know, their their base is a little crazy about it, but I think the a lot of the independents and anyone on the middle, you know, ground is going to see this as them going, you know, their thoughts on it and their ideas on it being just a little too extreme. Yeah, I, I think if we're going to get a little, I guess, political, late-term abortions, I don't think are favored by that many people. And for them to push so hard for late-term abortions, I mean, you still have... 25 weeks or so, 26 weeks, where you can get the abortion and then there are hardly any restrictions in most states. Why do you need that? those last 13 weeks? I mean, if you can't make up your mind about an abortion in the first 26 weeks, I mean, that's basically six months, you know, then maybe you should just have the baby and give it up for adoption at that point. Yeah, the fact that they're trying to put a bill, bill all these bills out here to make it easier to find doctors who would do it, and lessen the restrictions on what's needed to do it. It's just a bad look, and I, it's just a bad idea, I think, on their part. Because this is what the Republicans are going to key in on, because they know it's going to be a winning issue. And I'm not really sure why they're they're focusing on it, uh, other than it's now abortion has been latched onto feminism and women's rights. You know, it wrongly has, and I think you know that's it's a losing issue for them. We'll see. Well, that's it for this show. I know we said we'd cover more than one topic for this podcast, but we got a little carried away in our abortion discussion. So the other topic's going to be postponed till the next one. Hey, everybody. So sorry about that sensitive topic, but we felt like it was about time we covered it. I'm sure it'll come up again, as it always does. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to the Liberty on Fire podcast. And again, you can check our website, libertyonfire.org. Please, if you get a chance, go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, and we'll see you next time.